episode 172 of the Bevan James Isle Show, an interview with Laura Vanzi-Taylor. Rightio, team, welcome along to episode 172 of the Bevan James I'll Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise so that you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Gotta say, I'm pretty excited about today's show. I got an email from, actually someone I've had on the show before, M, I interviewed her about four or five episodes ago, maybe, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, and we talked a lot about uh, just her, her struggles with eating uh, and also being a fitness professional and a female fitness professional and you know, the different kind of things that she needs to navigate. And I was just kind of on Facebook a few weeks ago, she just sent me an email saying, Bev, there's this amazing documentary called I Am Mar- Maris on Netflix. And it's she, she obviously really identified with it. And she said, oh, you need to check it out. So I, I went and checked it out. And um, it's basically a story of a young girl who has eating disorder to a pretty high level. Uh, we're we're going to go into this very quickly, very soon, because the interview is in the interview but uh so i, I kind of contacted the, the director of the film because i wanted to get in touch and and kind of talk to the director around what was her th- you know what was she trying to achieve what was how did she put this together what were the lessons uh so i suppose the one of the first things i would recommend that you do is if, if you have netflix go on it's a documentary called i am maris it's m-a-r-i-s uh, and today the interview is with the director of that documentary, and her name is Laura Vanzi Taylor. And uh, and it was actually quite cool, because you're about to see, as we go into the interview, uh, her story in itself is also quite a cool story as well. So you can check that out on Netflix, but today that is basically going to be the show. So I'm not going to do much talking before we get into the main part of the show. What I am going to say, but before we do get into the main part of the show, is I just want to say a big thank you to all the patrons of the show. If you are a patron of the Bevan James Isle Show, I really appreciate it. And if you're not a patron and you want to support me in what I do, go to bevanjamesisles.com. Click on the link to support me down the bottom of the front page or on the podcast section. They'll take you through a process. And once you do that, then you will just be supporting me with a little bit of your hard-earned money each time I release the show. And today I just want to say thank you to a few of the patrons that I already have. We've got um, Samuel Marino Weaver, and it is Mysterious Man. We've got Donald the Explorer James. Now, Donald James is writing a book right now. Um, Donald James has a pretty amazing career, and he's he's kind of finished his career, and now he's kind of writing a book about lessons he's learned. And so when he gets a book on, book out, I'll be letting you guys all know about that. We've got Brittany Mystic Kitchen, we've got Greg the Python Crowley, and we've got Luke Mayhem Miller. These are all people who support this podcast. If you want to be a supporter, just go to bevanjamesisles.com. Again, it's all pretty obvious. Anyway, I'm going to put the music on. We're going to get pretty much straight into the interview with Laura. Here is Laura Vanzi Taylor, the director of IMRS. I'm very excited to have on the show a lady by the name of Laura Vanzi Taylor, and she is a director who is doing some really important work. So I thought I'd get her on the show just to talk to her a little bit about her career and some of the documentaries she's worked on and is working on right now. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So maybe we could start with you just sharing a little bit about your history. 
Um, well, um, my history is long because I'm old, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I've only been making movies really for about six years now. It was sort of a second career for me. And, um, before that I was in publishing and, um, it was something I always really wanted to do. In fact, when I was in college, I studied in New Zealand and Australia and I studied women's films and that's where I sort of fell in love with filmmaking. And, um, I went and watched, I went to the Australian, uh, film and television school and watched all of Jane Campion's student films. And I worked with the New Zealand film commission as an intern. And, uh, I came back to the States and told my parents I wanted to go to film school and they were like, well, uh, how are you going to pay for that? And I was like, hmm, good question. <laughs> so I got a scholarship. I was a theater major at the time. And I got a scholarship to go to graduate school in theater. So that's what I did. And then, you know, life happened. Anyway, tw- for, fast forward 20 years, I go to film school. And so that was just six years ago. And then um, after I came out of that, I was looking for stories. And I knew I wanted to make a documentary. And um, I knew Maris because we're talking about my film, I Am Maris, um, which is on Netflix now. And um, uh, I knew her uh, from, you know, socially. I knew her mom. And and I knew a little bit about her, but somebody asked me if I'd ever read her blog. And I hadn't, and so I did, and I was so moved and inspired by her story. And... um, by her writing and her artwork and so my first idea was just to sort of put together her writing in voiceover and take her artwork and animate it and just make this 10 minute short film but then once we got into it it just kind of grew from there and ended up interviewing um you know her yoga teachers and filming a lot of her yoga work and um uh, interviewing her parents and her psychiatrist and her boyfriend and um, before I knew it, it became a feature film, and I was really lucky that it ended up in the hands of Roco Films, which is a big documentary distributor, and uh, they made a deal with Netflix, and it ended up on Netflix, and the response has been amazing. Like, Maris's Instagram went from, like, 6,000 to 60,000 wow. in a month or two <laughs> after the movie was out, and just the constant letters um, and messages we got from people about how the movie touch them, help them, allow them to tell their story for the first time. It's uh, been a really great experience. And then Lululemon uh, watched the movie and they wanted to, to help with it. So just um, last month they sponsored a tour in the state, a four city uh, tour in the States um, for mental health awareness week. And um, we just went around and showed the film for free to audiences and then had sort of like a panel group, sort of group therapy discussion afterwards. And that was really moving as well. Uh, we are going to go deep into this film, but I'm kind of interested in your journey. What, what happened six years ago that made you stop a career that you had in publishing and go, you know, because there's so many people, now I'm not sure if you really loved your publishing career or not, but a lot of people want a passionate life but never make that step. And it seems that for you, being in, film has always been a passion and I imagine deep down with inside yourself you've always had this thing of I want to be in film what was the what was the turning point that made you to get to where you are today um you know I think for a lot of people you have to kind of like get to a point where you're not happy where you're kind of stuck and you're like 
what do I really, what, what do I need? What do I really want my life with my life? I, um, you know, it's sort of typical. I just turned 40. So it's sort of midlife crisis. My, I have two children and they were just at that age where they were becoming more independent. In fact, when I went to film school, my daughter was going into fifth grade and my son was going into first grade. So it was the, the first year where they're both going to be in school um, all day long. And I had been working from home. So I'd been, you know, full-time mother um, for the first several years of their lives. And um, I love that. And I, I want to acknowledge my fr- privilege that I had that opportunity to do that and that I had the opportunity to then say, what do I really want to do? And, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. And I was considering different things I could do going back to school and different things, um, you know, going to, uh, you know, a different career, different job. Um, and I just sort of like, just sort of a self analysis of, you know, I went back to like, what were your original passions? What did you always dream of doing? Like, now's the chance <laughs> you only live once and it's now or never. And I got this idea of wanting to do film school and I was really afraid to say it out loud. And I was really afraid to tell anybody cause I thought they'd just laugh at me. Oh, really? And, um, yeah. And, um, and I was nervous about talking to my husband about it because it was going to cost money, you know, for me to, to, to go to this, this one year program and learn how to do the technical stuff. And, um, and I, I, I think I finally told a close friend and she, she just took a deep breath and I was like, Oh, what's she going to say? What's she going to say? She's like, you would be so good at that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like thank you and then I kind of like once I said it I was like okay I gotta do it so 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 you you had this deep longing but you had a lot of fear inside you because it was this doubt of being rejected or being laughed at or something and then you went to kind of a trusted source yeah you don't see a lot of you go you go Uh, no you're you're right that's that's exactly it and um yeah there's not a lot of like 40-year-old moms in, in my town that there's no other 40-year-old moms <laughs> in my town that make babies. <laughs> and all the other um, women that I knew that were, like, going back to school or starting, you know, po- post-child care careers, you know, they were becoming nurses or accountants or, yeah. you know, going back to what they'd done previously. And, so, and, and being yeah. 40, you know, I'm 42 myself, you know, being in, in your 40s, we often have a lot of baggage we carry or doubt. Uh, what was it like to go into being a student again? And what did you have to overcome within yourself to be successful in that part of the journey? Um, it was interesting because in the in the, the program that I went into, um, it's just a sort of a small technical film school in um, San Francisco. And it was basically a year long program program and you go all day. And um, I picked it because the, of the hours that, you know, worked with my kids and um, the location and those sort of things. And I didn't feel like I needed like a film degree because I already had a master's in theater. I already knew how to tell stories. I just needed to know how to do all of the technical stuff. Mm. Um, and so uh, I was the only woman in the, in the school the only female student, the only, there were no female teachers. Um, uh, we never watched any movies by any women until I finally like complained to the, the head, head teacher and it's like, can we, can we please watch a movie that was written or directed by a woman? And he was like, okay, I don't know any. Oh, really? <laughs> Here's a list. Whoa. And we watched the piano. 
um, by Jane Campion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, that was great. And um, I was also by far the oldest student there. Um, most of the other students were in their 20s. I called them the beanie boys because they wore beanies all the time, um, even when it was hot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, most of them were great. I have a couple of really uh, good friends from that time that I still work with. Um, and some of them were, you know, not open to working with me. Um, they thought, you know, they didn't give me a chance. They thought, because in film school, you very much work together. Like you each direct and write your own projects, but then you crew on everybody else's projects. Yeah. And um, they, uh, most of the time when we crewed up, I got asked to be the assistant director, which in the case of a, a student film is basically like the assistant, the secretary, like go get the sandwiches oh, okay. <laughs> kind of thing. And um, that was very frustrating for me. And my teacher even said to them, Laura's the best cinematographer in the class. Why aren't any of you having her be your cinematographer? And they're like, oh, well, you know, they didn't have an answer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so there were some challenges in that way. I mean, there's definitely sexism and ageism, um, but uh, that wasn't with everybody, like I said. And it's funny, like that the the people that I became friends with, you know, I, I like hire them now. <laughs> and um, one of them, Brandon Eversole, uh, is the one who did all the animation in I Am Maris, and he's amazing. And um, the, the students that, you know, were less open, uh, I don't think that they've done anything since school. I haven't seen any word of any of their work. So, you know. <laughs> it's, it's just something you need to be proud of. Move on. It's something you should be really proud of because it is that there are many people, you know, in their forties, or there's many people who want to lead a passionate life, um, but are afraid to make the choices to actually create that life. And you're a really good example of somebody who, you know, did, did a vision of a, of a life you wanted, and then you've gone and done the work, you know, with some barriers around you. And um, you know, so just I know we're going to talk about documentaries and stuff, but it's just a really admirable thing you've done. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so so the documentary. Um, I'm is it, is it Maris? Is, is how you say your name? Um, well, it's Maris. Maris. But, okay. Um, yep. Okay. So maybe give an overview for those who haven't seen. I, I have told my audience to watch it, but um, give an overview of what it's about. Um, I Am Maris is the story of Maris, um, an amazing young woman. It starts, um, it sort of goes back into her childhood. Um, she grew up uh, with undiagnosed severe anxiety that by the time she was 14 led to depression and a life-threatening eating disorder. And on the surface, she was high performing and everybody thought she was fine. And um, her parents took her into sort of a routine doctor visit and the doctor said, you need to admit her to the hospital right now. She could die. She is because she had um, anorexia and she had basically gotten her body to a point where her heart was barely working because she was starving herself to death. And um, her mom was in denial and was like, well, wait, we have to take her little brother to a little league, little league game tomorrow. Could we check her in on Monday? And the doctor was like, no, she could die. <laughs> um, so they checked her into... Um, the uh, Children's Hospital in uh, Stanford. And um, 
the doctors were able to, you know, get her body up to, to a survivable, um, status. Um, but she was released from the hospital and she still had all the same mental issues that she had before. Uh, she says they, they healed my body, but not my mind. And, um, she was going to therapy, but she wasn't really making very much progress. And, um, she sort of on a whim took a yoga class and that opened up the world for her. Um, and she continued to go to yoga every day. And then, um, eventually she was invited to, uh, join a teacher training, um, course. Um, she was given a scholarship to do that and she became a yoga teacher at the age of 16 and, uh, an amazing one. And, um, that sort of, she, she basically says yoga saved her life and she writes this beautiful blog and she just make, creates this very, uh, moving artwork that sort of shows her inner feelings. And, um, she was chronicled on CNN and she's become this real inspiration for, um, for the eating disorder community, but also just, you know, anybody sort of dealing with a mental illness, um, and of course, for the yoga community, it's, it's, there's some really great insights in this documentary. And one one that I thought the parents were very brave in their honesty around their naivety and and maybe mm-hmm. their behaviours that upon reflection could be judged. Um, can you talk about how you approach that? Because you know the power of a good documentary is the honesty. You know the, the real connection that we feel because we see the, the rawness and the honesty. Um, when you sat down with the parents, did, did, did you talk about how what they wanted to share um, because they could you know a, a critical I could say though with bad parents which I don't think is the case I just think their parents who kind of did everything that a normal parent would do but can you maybe just talk us through how as a director you you talk you know you get that out of somebody so I just I missed the last part how as a director you what you know how you approach them to opening up so much and being so honest in, in, in a really powerful way uh, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it was interesting because, um, like I said, I was friends with Maris's mom, so um, she already trusted me. And I think trust is is the first thing you have to have when you're making a documentary. Um, your subjects have to trust you as a director that you're going to represent them honestly and authentically, um, because you have so much power, you have so much control. You can you you know, they sign a waiver and you interview them, but you know, it's all comes together in the editing room and you can really sort of make your story, say anything you want. (laughs) Um, I personally don't do that. I (laughs) try very hard to tell the the authentic story that the, uh, the the subjects are living. Um, but yeah, you have to be very vulnerable and you have to be extremely brave. And Maris was there from the start and her mother was very supportive of her. I think Sharon's an excellent mother um, who was just faced with an extraordinary circumstance yeah. without the the training or, you know, the knowledge of how to handle it. But she quickly got up to speed and, um, you know, yoga saved Ms. Maris, but so did Sharon, you know, so did uh, all the support um, network that she had around her. Um, but... Uh, when I first talked to Maris about the movie, she's like, I want this, 
I'm I'm open. I'm already telling my story online, you know. So we can talk about me. We can go. There's no there's no secrets. I'll, I'll you know you can say anything you want about me in the movie. She's like, but I I want to protect my family. I don't want this to be about my family or or my parents or I have this disease because my parents did this or whatever. And I'm like, okay, totally. Her other rule, um, which we can talk about in a minute, was. Um, you know, we weren't going to exploit um, anorexia in any sort of sensationalized way. We weren't going to show any photos of her when she was most sick and most skinny. We weren't going to talk about calories or weight or inches or any of that kind of stuff that people who are suffering from eating disorder actually go and watch movies like this to sort of be inspired by um, in this sort of sick and twisted way. And um, so we're going to do any of that. Um, But then as, you know, we worked together for a couple of years on the movie and the, and the more that we worked together, the, and the more comfortable she became. And, um, you know, she kept opening more doors like, well, why don't you talk to my, um, you know, she always, always I could interview her mom, but then she was like, why don't you interview my dad? And then by the end, she was like, why don't you interview my psychiatrist? And um, her her parents were, were were really brave, and they were extremely honest. And um, when her mom goes to screening, she's like, oh, people are going to hate me and think I'm a bad mom. But that has never been no. uh, the response. Everyone's always like thank you for being so honest and you're amazing. And Well, I think, and to me, yeah. the, the, the real power of it was that you could see there were good people. It, wasn't, it was just that it's a situation that many people just don't know how to deal with. And, um, right. and it just allowed, it kind of, you know, for those people around the people who have eating disorders, they often just don't know what to do or they don't even know it's there. That's often a problem as well. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, like to see a real person kind of show the struggle of that. And, you know, as you said, after the fact, once she kind of got what was happening, she did all the right things. But the parents were only human in the situation. And that's why I appreciated their honesty because, you know, they they showed that they made mistakes, but they're just being parents thinking they were doing what was right at that time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it was. I, I just really loved that side of it. The other thing you do really well is, you know, um, I love the way that you, you show her journey forward, but also that it's an ongoing journey. That forever, you know, this is something you just kind of instantly get rid of and you're cured tomorrow and it never happens again. I like that. I really, right. you, you know, talk, talk to me about how you wanted to get that across. Yeah, and it was funny. That was something sort of I think Maris was working through when we started the movie. Like when I first started interviewing her, it was at the end of her senior year of high school, and she was at a really positive place. You know, she was very healthy. Um, she had a really wonderful community, both at school and in the yoga studio with her friends. Um, you know, things were fine at home, and. Um, she was talking as if it was all in the past and, and she was better. Um, but I knew that she was heading off to college and life was going to change and, you know, it was going to put new stresses on her. And it wasn't something like you said that you can just fix and it's over and it's in the past and we move on and we forget about it. Mm. Um, but, um, so, you know, we kind of tried to explore that a little bit. Um, but I think at first she wasn't really ready to to face that. Like she was still 
so happy to be better that the idea that she was going to have to keep um, struggling with it and working on it, you know, for possibly the rest of her life was not something she was really open to when we first started working on the movie. Um, and then she graduated and we followed her to college and, um, you know, she went through her first year there and um, she had a, she had a little bit of a relapse. And um, like I said, at that point, the trust was, uh, when we were, was good enough and we were close enough that, that we could talk about that. And so it was actually, the movie sort of came together in the same way that Maris's healing journey came together in that we added all of that sort of towards the end. Like I had a first cut of the movie that sort of ended much more like Pollyannic, like this was my past and now I'm all happy and here's all these people that are happy for me and all these people that I've ha helped and yay, you know. And then um, as it went on and then, and you know, she had this, we were like, let's go back, let's do some more interviews, let's do some more scenes because this is such an important part of the story is that the journey continues. And it, it, it doesn't have to be so in this daunting, scary way. And, and she talks about that. She's like, uh, what does she call it? Like an enemy walks into the room. Like you have the tools, you know how to deal with it. Um, but you, you also know what they can do. And that's what the mental illness is. It's, it's, it's there, but, and so you always have to deal with it, but it gets easier too. Yeah, totally. What, what, are, the, what are the key messages as a director you want people to take away from your documentary? Um, I want them to know that, that mental illness is not a weakness, that um, amazing, strong, purposeful, meaningful people suffer from mental illness and it doesn't hold them back. That um, So really destigmatizing it, that you can talk about this. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're sick. Um, and in fact, I think all the things that made Maris quote unquote a really good anorexic, <laughs> um, make her, when they're flipped around and used for good, make her a really um, powerful person um, and a great influence for the world. Um, and so, you know, she's also an extremely empathetic person because of what she went through, the kind of person you would want in your life. And um, so I want people to take away those sort of positives of going through mental health or really any kind of struggle um, that that the strength and the empathy that you bring out on the other side. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting because I got recommended the documentary by a person who's been a guest on my podcast before and she was someone who had some eating disorders and she said, oh, you, you really need to watch this documentary. And, and, and um, I think obviously for someone who has eating disorder, it's the kind of documentary, and this is a compliment to you, in that she obviously felt really connected to it um, and she felt it was a good description for those who don't necessarily understand what the experience is like and maybe some ways that could also support the people through that and um, that's, that's a really powerful message that, you know, for all that's why I, I, you know, I got you on because I wanted to kind of promote what you're doing here and it's that, you know, to, for us to understand that they're just people having a problem that we can support them through and we don't want to keep it swept under the carpet. We actually want to kind of, have open discussions so then people don't feel they have to keep it as a secret exactly yeah. exactly yeah and um yeah you know it's amazing how many people have come forward and been like i struggled with this at this point in my life and i've never told anybody until now or yeah. you know i think my child is uh, dealing with this or my friend or 
or I'm 50 years old and I'm, I'm still dealing with this and I've never talked about it. And this, I think, and this was when I did my research and looked at all the other documentaries that have come out about eating disorders, like they were all so sensationalized and depressing and they ended in relapse or death. And I was like, okay. I want to put out a story where the person succeeds, <laughs> you know, with like a quote unquote happy ending and that's non-triggering. And so that was really important too. Well, and I think one thing, that, one of the real powerful moments in, in her life was when one of her mentors said to you, her, you know, you're writing, but you're not really, you know, you need to be more honest. You need to let it all out. Mm, and, and, yeah. You know, and that's kind of one of those messages, isn't it? Is that by freeing yourself, you actually free others. And, um, and that's, I think, probably one of the biggest messages that comes from your documentary is that you know if you can free yourself and learn to open up that you don't just kind of help yourself through the process you allow others to open up and maybe work through some things they need to work through exactly yeah exactly yeah her her mentor said you got to talk about the shit you don't want to talk about yeah totally <laughs> and, and, and that's when she really started to impact the, her her community wasn't it mm-hmm yeah. Exactly. So, so, and oh, you go. You by go. helping, and then she was helping herself by helping all these other people. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, she goes on to actually help a lot of people, doesn't she? Um, so, you, you, before we did the interview, I didn't actually realize you were doing another documentary right now. So, and it's kind of in the healthier, and, and that's what I'm all about. So, you're, you're working on a new documentary. Can you tell us about that? And, um, yeah, give us some detail. Great. It's called, uh, for now, it's called Walk Through This. And you can, you can learn all about it at www.walkthroughthis.com. And um, it's similar to I Am Maris in that it, it starts out profiling um, sort of one heroic woman. Her name is Sarah Shelton Crams. And um, this time, though, sort of a young girl, Sarah, uh, is a uh, middle-aged mom of three sons. And she had a seemingly perfect life. Um, and then... Um, about six years ago, when she was 40 years old, um, she found out that her husband of 17 years uh, was not who she thought he was. And he was she's living a double life. Oh, really? And her whole world kind of imploded. Yeah. And as this came out, it brought back her memories of being raped as a teenager. And she that was something that she had not worked through. So she was sort of dealing with a current trauma and a past trauma at the same time and a whole, like, who am I? <laughs> you know, and what do I do with the rest of my life? Yeah. My best friend, the person I trusted the most in the world, has betrayed me. Um, he was a sex addict and a drug addict and um, uh, gay and had been, you know, sleeping with multiple men for the whole 17 years of their marriage, and she had no idea. And um, so... How did she overcome this? Um, well, she took to the mountains <laughs> and the sea and she paddleboarded and she climbed every peak in California and it just sort of became this meditative experience for her. And and it's interesting because we started off this discussion today talking about when I turned 40 and how I, I had to figure out what um, I wanted to do. Uh, with my life and I went back to film school well she sort of did a similar thing in that so she was like what am I going to do now so she went and she got her um, life coaching degree and she got she became a wilderness first responder 
and um, a hiking guide. And now she leads women who are going through trauma or have are dealing with past traumas um, on hikes, um, predominantly in the Grand Canyon, which is in the big canyon in Arizona in the States. And um, so actually next week, <laughs> this is this big shoot that we've been planning for for months. Um, myself and my crew are going with Sarah and um, four women from around the country who are dealing all with very different kinds of traumas from sexual assault to um, the violent death of a child um, uh, to a uh, husband betraying them. Um, they're all going through that and they're all going on this hike with Sarah um, to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and back up and we're going to follow them next week. Wow. And, and what's the kind of messaging you want to get through with this documentary? It's it's very similar, just, you know, it, it should be inspirational. We want to show, um, first of all, that, you know, again, terrible things happen to people. Um, trauma happens, sexual assault happens, betrayal happens. It's not your fault, but you have to take on responsibility for your own recovery. And that starts by being honest with yourself and others about what's happened to you and um, what you've been through and not trying to stuff it down in the closet. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, looking for ways to quote unquote, walk through it. And these women are choosing to do that literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and also just the amazing um, spiritual impact of that, just being in nature and moving physically through nature can have that uh, healing power on your spirit. Yeah. So we just kind of want to demonstrate that. Well, there's a great book. I don't know if you've heard of Lost Connections. Have you heard of the book Lost Connections? I have not. Oh, I'm going to write that down. By a guy called Johan Harry. I've actually interviewed him on the show. Um, and it's about depression. And he talks about the nine causes of depression. Um, and, and he talks about the treatments and how, how we're treating depression isn't necessarily the best way. You know, um, there, there's better alternatives, but research really shows that being nature is really great for helping depression. It's, it's just kind of scientifically proven that uh, when you spend time in nature, it just takes you to a better state within yourself. And as a part of that process, you know, what she's doing, obviously, with this kind of getting people out in nature and and moving is, you know, one of the one of the things, because let's be honest, it's more than that, but it's one of the things that can help people work through their struggles. You know, and so yeah, you may right you exactly. Just like with Ferris and yoga, we're not saying that this is all you need, no. or it's the panacea that will like heal everybody. But it's just you know, it's one way and it's one part of the solution. And I I think in this world we're more than ever in modern age we're so nature deprived. Yeah. <laughs> we spend so much time yeah, in cities and indoors on screens. So yeah, not only are we going to be going to be out in nature, but there's no Wi-Fi. Can I can I ask um. You know, I love what you're promoting. I like, I remember years ago, a friend of mine was Robin Williams early in his career, and he said it was always interesting watching his movie choices. Now, he did make play a couple of bad characters later on, but he kind of always chose to be the good guy. And it's interesting watching your career. And I haven't just met you, but you're obviously trying to choose a career which is about impacting people in a way that you feel is really important. Um, can I ask you, on a personal level, what are the things that you do to make sure you stay in a healthy place? Um, it's funny because I am not an athlete. I've never been an athlete. And, um, I, I did yoga like every now and then, but I was never a yogi and, um, I haven't hiked 
in like 20 years. <laughs> so it's funny that I end up I ended up doing these movies and like people are asking me about fitness and now because I have been training because I have to take a camera and hike to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and and back. And I do do yoga all the time since I made that movie. Now, now I I do do yoga uh, a few times a week, but um, so it's funny how the movies have changed me. And so those things are part of my life now and um, part of of keeping me healthy. But, um, but what the through line through my life, what really, gives me joy and keeps me mentally healthy is being creative. So now that, you know, that's what I do with my job is telling stories and being creative. So that helps a great deal. And, um, and then, and then balance. Um, I just am a big proponent of balance. And that means not doing anything too extreme, like not, and that includes the healthy stuff. Like, don't exercise too much. You know, like I try to eat whole foods and I try and eat really well, but I don't go like overboard. I still have my martinis on the weekend, and I still have chocolate desserts, and you know, yeah, like you. things like that. Yeah. And I still have days where I don't feel like doing anything, and I just binge watch Netflix all day, and that's okay. <laughs> I make up for it later <laughs> or before um, with really busy, productive days, you know, and, and I, um, again, I'm in a place of privilege where I, I, I only have to work so much so then I can, you know, when my children need me, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to work today. I'm going to, you know, spend all day helping my daughter with college applications, like things like that. Just, um, having having balance and I've I've suffered I had severe um, postpartum depression after my first child was born um and medication got me through that so I don't want to discount um yeah. medication in any way I think um antidepressant uh, anti-anxiety meds are very important and very necessary for a lot of situations a lot of people do. Um, but I love your answer there because it, I think, and ultimately you, you show this in both your documentaries, is that there's no one formula, and it's kind of it's it's you know understanding that we all need healthy tools, and you know like for, like I work in fitness, but one of my healthy tools is playing my piano, um, and it's that um, it's kind of a part of your journey in life is to figure out what healthy tools are, and then to learn to prioritize them in your life. And so for you, while you have kind of introduced a bit of walking and yoga. For you, it's knowing that having creative time is a really important part of you just staying in a good state. Um, and, and it's a really important message for everybody, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I agree. Well, um, anything else you want to promote? No, just, you know, if you get a chance, go check out I Am Maris on Netflix. And if you want to learn more about the movie I'm working on, um, check out walkthroughthis.com. Um We've had some wonderful people who have funded both movies and are funding this hike, and we're going to need more <laughs> to finish the movie. So. Well, it's interesting. It's just it in the background while we were talking there, I, I went to walk through this, and you, you kind of luckily you've got the text of the people talking. It seems like a very dramatic experience. So um, I think it's <laughs> yeah. when, when do you hope for it to be released? Well, uh, <laughs> for um, there has been some. Uh, I don't know if I can say this yet. Okay, you, you don't need to, but sometimes <laughs> soon. But there's been some pressure to have it released by fall next oh, okay. year, so a year from now. Um, that'll depend on if I'm like with I Am Maris or I'm doing it all by myself or if we get the funding where I can hire people to help me edit it and finish it then. Well, make sure you let us know when it's out because it's um, another good example of promoting 
you know, the healthy things in life. So um, thank you so much for your time today. You're absolutely legend. You can see I Am Maris. It is on Netflix, and let's be honest, most people have Netflix nowadays. Um, it's a great documentary, and it's a great documentary for those who maybe are struggling with these things themselves, but also for those who aren't, because it makes you kind of understand and maybe work better for those people who in your life who are struggling with eating disorders. Um, I just love how you're choosing to, to use your career and, um, you know, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you. So there you have it, there is uh, Laura in the interview there, and again, if you want to see the documentary, go on Netflix. I'm also, um, if you go to her website, I'll put a link to her website in the show notes. Her next documentary seems pretty fascinating. Um, and the next documentary, now, uh, we didn't really dig that deep into it, but it's basically around uh, someone who was with a man who turned out to be gay, um, had a life, had a family, and, and you know, and he led this secret life that kind of ultimately damaged this female, but... Um, just oh, living an honest life is is can be really tough for some people and um, I often think that learning to be honest about yourself to your world oh, I haven't seen the documentary I'm really I look forward to seeing the second documentary and she said it yeah she said just then it's probably a little way away from being ready for us to see but when it gets out, I'll, I'll let you guys know about it. Anyway, um, there's some good stuff to take away from this. And, and I think the thing about this, her work, and which I like about her work, is there's a real honesty to it. Uh, I also think that there's, it's one of those documentaries, you know, like M sent it through to me, and M's worked through some of the struggles that are addressed in this documentary. And so it obviously is a good representation for those who work through these struggles themselves. And, and, and for me, for someone who hasn't had these struggles around diet and, and those types of eating disorders, is it gives you a really good insight into some of the things that we can learn. And so, again, I just highly recommend that you want to check it out. So, again, it's on Netflix. It's, it's, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, yeah. Pretty much that's today's show done and dusted. Uh, I will be back in a couple of weeks' time to do a show on topic I've been thinking a lot about lately, it's a Bevan show, so they'll probably be the last one before Christmas, and then um, I'll keep things rolling over Christmas, but I might pull up an old interview over Christmas. Anyway, uh, if you want to support the show, to go to bevanjamesisles.com, if you want to email me, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com, um, yeah, enjoy enjoy this time of year, it's, it's a temptation time of year, isn't it, it's that time of year, also we do a bit of reflection, and maybe I'll talk about that in the next episode as well. So anyway, thank you supporting, for supporting me what I do. One other thing. Actually, I'm going to do this. Give me two seconds. I did say that for those who went on your podcatcher, that might be iTunes, it might be Stitcher, or whatever, podcast, Google, whatever, um, Spotify. I'm on all, all the podcast catchers, but um, I just wanted to give, give the love to the people who have actually given love to the show. And I've just got a, a review here. It's got, I found the podcast and have started from... Uh, I've just found your podcast and I've started from episode one in 2010. Every episode I've taken away an important message. Such an amazing viewing of situations. Uh, so just wanted to, that's this from uh, Loz1111. 
And uh, another one I've got here is Bevan shows a well-thought-out, packed with good advice for lifetime health inclusions. No dogma ideas well worth listening to. So again, that's from Amanda in Australia. Just if you can put a review on one of your podcatchers, it really, really, really helps because it just helps those podcatchers to know that I exist. <laughs> helps put me out there. And also if you can share, if you enjoy the show with the people in your world. I try really hard to create content that actually helps you grow in really, really great ways. So, yeah, thanks for that. Anyway, this today's show done and dusted. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so just, as always, keep being you.